0: Today's episode, we're going through why tennis and golfer's elbow is not just an elbow problem. Sometimes it can be coming from the wrist and sometimes it could be coming from the shoulder. Stay tuned and thanks for listening to find out more. I'm Nichelle Thompson. Welcome to Everything is About Your Health, the podcast. I believe one of the most important things you can do for yourself is to be open-minded to learn to learn about different professions out there in the world that links to your health, either directly and indirectly. For instance, I operate a manual osteopathy and cold laser clinic in Sudbury, Ontario, Canada. For those not familiar with manual osteopathy, it takes a holistic, whole body approach to healthcare. It uses manual, hands-on techniques to improve all aspects of the body, including the skeleton, joints, muscles, nerves, circulation, connective tissue, as well as organs. Internal functions like metabolism, respiration, and reproduction can also be improved without the use of drugs here at heat therapy holistically elite active therapy we utilize bioflex cold laser units to help accelerate healing on a cellular level it is a light based technology proven to be highly effective in the treatment of musculoskeletal problems and wound healing we have had many success stories with this technology people have avoided surgeries reduced and eliminated medication and reduced or eliminated all sorts of pain so please Join us on this journey as we interview all sorts of professions and how they link to your health, either directly and indirectly. A lot of people speak about tennis elbow, golfer's elbow, and oftentimes it's caused from some sort of repetitive movement, whether that be at your job or a hobby that you have. It doesn't necessarily just have to be caused from golf or tennis elbow. Oftentimes people who acquired tennis and golfer's elbow Don't play those sports at all. So they're always kind of confused when I look at them and I say, you got tennis elbow or you got golfer's elbow. And they're like, yes, Nichelle, but I don't golf or I don't play tennis. Well, it's just a a name that we give to it. Um, It doesn't have anything to do with tennis or golf. Today, I want to go over some of the unexpected reasons why someone may acquire tennis or golfer's elbow, but the medical term is median and or lateral epicondylitis. So first off, what is median and lateral epicondylitis? So that is the irritation and inflammation of the tendon where those Uh, flexor and extensor, so those four arm muscles, attach into the elbow, either the inside or the outside of the elbow. And like I mentioned, these are often inflamed or irritated because of repetitive movements. However, it's not the only reason. Take the client I had recently, for example. This gentleman does a lot of work in the minds that require repetitive movement. And arguably, if it was just his job, then wouldn't it make sense since he does and uses both hands, that he would have the same issue on both sides, but he doesn't. So then that has to make you think, okay, what else is possibly going on in the wrist, the hand, which is below the elbow joint, or the shoulder or the neck above that is causing this poor elbow to essentially overwork and be targeted for this injury. So that's a question you have to ask, for your, ask yourself, right? So what we did is we did a full on assessment. He had limited range of motion in his neck, very limited range of motion in the shoulder. Elbow was good in terms of range of motion and wrist was good in terms of range of motion, but it gets better. So once we worked on the ranges of motion, and we helped to regain that to about 75% um, um, gain. So he already had, by the way, about 75% of his range of motion. So 25% is still quite a bit of a loss. So he regained 75% of that. So just had, say, arguably, um, say 5% or whatever less to go or left to go. And then we got him on a stomach so that we could hone in on his ability to control these movements. So we tested the motion when he was face down. So you can do this at home by yourself as well. So you just get on the edge of the bed. So you're hanging your arm off and you bend your elbow. So essentially you're supporting your whole bicep and your arms just hanging off the bed and you can move your arm upwards as if you're trying to move your the back of your hand to touch the ceiling and then you can also move your arm so it's going in an inward rotation and you're trying to get the palm of your hand up to the ceiling. I was able to passively move his arm in full range of motion no problem but when he had to do these movements himself he was only able to get maybe 60 to 70% of the range on his own. So this is what's known as a motor control issue. Essentially, you can chalk it up to be his muscles and his joints aren't cooperating properly and therefore are working against each other, causing those muscles to have to work even harder just to move the joint through its motions. Okay, so this means the firing patterns In other words, the order in which the muscles contract are not optimal and are not favoring the joint. So we started to use various degrees of muscle energy techniques, which is where we put the joint into specific ranges of motion and get them to contract the muscles in the opposite direction for about 5 to 10 seconds And once they relax you pull the joint into a little bit more of the range of motion the ideal way after we did that we also threw in a little bit of other muscle energy technique styles which involve getting the client to contract and they overpower you and then they try to lift in the desired range of motion where you assist that so we did this 10 to 15 times until he regained his ability and his muscles essentially woke up a little bit so now we've reestablished the range of motion. We got the neck and the shoulder moving better. We also reestablished the proper firing patterns and muscle activation of the rotator cuff and the other um, muscles, such as the serratus anterior and the pec minor. Muscles to and the upper fiber trap and lower fiber trap muscles to help the arm perform the proper ranges of motion. And then we looked into the other detailed ranges of motion of the shoulder because you have to remember the shoulder is comprised of not just the glenohumeral joint, which is what most people think of the shoulder. You have to also remember that the collarbone is involved with the shoulder movement, the shoulder blade itself is involved with the shoulder movement, but also the rib cage is involved with how the shoulder performs. So we also did mobilizations of the rib cage. We made sure that when he was breathing, there was equal inhalation ability of the ribs compared to the equal exhalation ability of the ribs as well. So, putting this all together at the end, what we did is we tried to speed up that healing process utilizing cold laser therapy. We have the BioFlex laser system here at the clinic to help heal things on a cellular level to just get through that plateau um, especially when he's on that schedule where he's out two weeks and back two weeks so when he's back in we try to rev up the lasers kind of undo the damage and decrease that inflammation that he was experiencing while he's at work. And then also we gave him those corrective exercises to work on those lower fiber trap muscles and also some stability work with the kettlebell to help maintain that stability and strength of the muscles. Because oftentimes when joints get into or and muscles get into improper firing patterns is because muscles are now performing roles that they're not capable of. And that stems from poor stability typically Um, meaning that the postural muscles, because the primary muscles are not doing their job, they then have to step in to try to do the primary movements as opposed to just stabilizing um, the uh, muscles. In in regards to the shoulder, it's called co-adaptation, which is essentially the muscles of the shoulder of the rotator cuff so that's your uh, supraspinatus, your infraspinatus, your teres uh, or your teres minor, and your infraspin, uh, your subscapularis muscle. And these are just designed to help hold that head of the humerus right into the glenal socket. So it's a problem when all of a sudden these muscles are also trying to do primary movements that the serratus anterior, the upper fiber traps, or the... Um, long-headed bicep are responsible for, for example. So that's a really quick episode for you guys today. It's just to let you guys know that just because you have pain somewhere, it doesn't necessarily mean that that is where the issue is coming from. That is the takeaway message today. Hope you guys have a great day and thanks for listening. And that's a wrap for this episode. Thank you for tuning in and listening. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast if you found it to be educational and know someone who would benefit. This is Nichelle Thompson on Everything is About Your Health, the podcast.